purpose of this series hasn't been a character study on Joshua. It hasn't been just to give you a bunch more information, you know, about a certain character, uh, etc. But it's but rather this series has been to be uh, to remind us if you're a follower of Jesus, to invite you, if you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, uh, uh, to become an influencer, to, you know, to, to be a kingdom influencer in the midst of all the people that, you, you know, that are in your sphere, the people that you know and come in contact with. And, and I loved how JT said it, I think three weekends ago, he, he said this phrase, he said, God wants to work through each one of us he wants to influence through each one of us to help others enter into their promised lands. Do you remember that quote? I thought that was such a great quote. And, and what we've been learning in this series is that, uh, that being a person of influence isn't like, it's not like an option. We are all influencing other people, the people in our, in our lives, our spheres, etc. And let me show you a picture here of how God sees us in our job description as influencers. This is Matthew 5, verse 14. It says, Uh, you are the light of the world. Jesus is saying to us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You me, God says, we are the light of the world. And, and it says this in your notes, but as followers of Jesus, as influencers, we have been ignited for a purpose. God has, he's, you know, he's lit us up for a reason. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't poured himself into us. Right, the Bible teaches that when you say yes to Jesus, that he fills you with his spirit, that God comes to live in you, which is such a mystery to me. But he hasn't done that. He hasn't filled us with his spirit to now hide us away or cover us up. Right, so really this series, this series the purpose of this series is, is like a loving kick in the pants, if you will, to say, hey, are you a follower of Jesus? Well, then you need to get off the bench. You need to get in the game. You're an influencer. You need to, you know, you're the light of the world. You need to, you need to uh, shine. And as I was thinking that, I thought, you know, uh, if you were here last weekend, I thought, man, am, am I conflicting with what Andrew talked about last weekend? Because if you missed last weekend, it was an excellent message. And it, it seemed like it was very timely for a lot of people. If you didn't get it, uh, there's a free CD on the, on the uh, info counter you can grab, or there's eight tracks in the bin in the back. But... Uh, it was, you know, but am, am I conflicting with, with Andrew? Andrew was talking about the rest that God has invited us into. And so here I am saying, yeah, but God's also saying, get to work. You're the light of the world. You've got to shine. And so when I look at, the, you know, the rest of God and the work of God, I don't think they're a conflict at all. And, and here's why I say that. When you say yes to Jesus, when you say, yeah, Jesus, I want to follow you. Here, here's, here's a picture. Here's what you're saying yes to. Look at this picture here. Bing. Look at that. Now that's not a real picture. That's uh, that's uh, Danny Meyer, uh, you know, graphics company. But but that's what you're saying yes to. And what I mean by that, I don't mean you become a donkey centaur. What I mean is, you're yoking yourself to Jesus. You're connecting yourself to Him. And a yoke, I mean, a yoke. You don't put a yoke on to relax, right? Let me slip into something more comfortable. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a yoke on, right? There's no such thing as a lounging yoke. You put a yoke on to work, 
So uh, uh, this whole thing of rest and work, listen how Jesus combines them. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus says, he says to us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come, come work with me. Come join me in my work and you're gonna find rest for your souls. Could it be that, you know, that rest that we all long for is found in you and I uh, saying yes to, you know, submitting to the plans that God has for us. And I mean, and that plan of being the light of the world. We have uh, a job to do. Listen to this quote from uh, Dallas Willard. It says, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or, or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. Isn't that a great quote? I find that such a challenging quote. The truth is, I mean, just watch the news. There's a lot of darkness in this world. And what God is saying to us is saying, you are the light of the world. And for this time in history, we have an incredible opportunity to shine. He wants, to, you know, he wants us to, to, to uh, shine for all, for all the world to see. Well, that's stretching for us. That's probably overwhelming to think, me? I am the light of the world? God wants to do what to me? That's a, that could be a scary thing to many of us. Well, what we're gonna look at today as we wrap up this series is that, uh, uh, that a person of influence is strong and courageous. For us to be what God has called us to be, we need to be strong and courageous. So let's pray, and then uh, we'll jump into and look at the, uh, some more at Joshua. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you so much for each one that's here and uh, I love the fact that you know everybody in this room. You know what we're thinking right now. You know if we are here, you know if we want to be here or don't want to be here. You know, uh, you know what we think about you. And I pray today that you would come close. That way beyond uh, what I say, that Jesus, you would make your presence known. Uh, just come, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're gonna be, uh, again, in the book of Joshua, and we'll, we'll be jumping around uh, a bit, but we're gonna start in Joshua chapter one. Uh, the, the verses will be on the screen, and, uh, but just follow along. So Joshua one, verse six says this. This is God speaking to Joshua. He says to him, uh, Joshua, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you, we're jumping to verse nine, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So number one in your notes, and, and if you're a note taker, you may wanna write this little phrase above uh, number one. People of influence are strong and courageous, so if you wanna write that down, people of influence are strong and courageous, number one, because they are obeying God's plan. 
People of influence are strong and courageous because they are obeying God's plan. You know, and when God repeats something in his word over and over, he's not doing that just for the sake of filler, right? It's not like he got a call from his publisher, hey God, your book, it's looking really good. But uh, Joshua 1, you, you know, you might wanna get a bit more in there. I mean, that's not why he does it. He is saying that because he, he sees the need to really drive something home. And here he is talking to, you know, to, to Joshua, and my hunch is, and I think this is pretty obvious, that, that as he's saying to Joshua, son, be strong and courageous. You know, I, I, my plan for you is you're gonna lead these people. Be strong and courageous. My hunch is that Joshua is the opposite of strong and courageous. My hunch is Joshua looking at what God, the plan that God has is that he actually feels weak and afraid to have God say, hey, you know, not Moses, but you, you, Joshua, you're gonna lead these, places, uh, these people into the promised land. And, you know, and Joshua heard this before. Back in the book of Deuteronomy, the, the book before that is, you know, uh, previous to this part in the story, Moses told Joshua, hey, you're the guy, Joshua. You know, I'm almost done and you're gonna take over. But you know how that is when someone says, hey, you're gonna do this or that or you're gonna take this over? When Moses is still there, I'm sure Joshua's like, oh yeah, that sounds great. It's gonna be great. But now Moses is gone, right? The book of Joshua starts off with God saying, Moses is dead, you're up, boy, right? You're in, Joshua. It's tag, you're in. It's your turn now. And I think, you know, Joshua is struggling with the transition, into this place of greater influence. And I think he's having a real struggle because really Joshua had a sweet deal. Wouldn't it have been great to have been Joshua, the aide to Moses, right? I mean, Moses is one of the, you know, you look at his life, one of the coolest guys that's ever lived. I mean, if you're not familiar, read like Genesis, Exodus, and, or, uh, uh, you know, just all these incredible you know, encounters with God and all these miracles and, and Joshua got to be real close to the excitement but he, he didn't have to carry the weight uh, that Moses did and now God is moving Joshua, he's moving him, he's transitioning him into this place of greater influence, a place, uh, he's moving him out of a place that he would have been more than happy to stay in but now God is, is moving him into a place that God it was always God's plan for him to be in that place, for Joshua to, you know, to move into that. And, and you know, it's the same for us, right? And what I mean is it's the same for us, the struggle of, of that transition where God is wanting to move us into places of greater influence because like we've been saying all, uh, today is that, you know, God says to you, God says to me, you are the light of the world. It has always been my plan that I would, would shine into dark places through you, through us. Well, there's, there's something inside of us, there's, there's a resistance to that. You know, one of the resistances is that we've, you know, and, and we're gonna get to this in a second, but we've, we've forgotten who we are. And God is trying to move us, you know, help us out of that amnesia and bring us, you know, into the truth of who he's made us to be. And, and what I mean is, I'm talking about Genesis 3. If, if you're familiar with the Bible, you know Genesis 3 is where, uh, sin entered in to, you know, this poison of sin entered into God's beautiful creation. And it really was like a stick in the wheel. And what I mean is the consequences of sin, uh, remember when Adam and Eve sinned, when it entered into to, to our, to creation, there were consequences to that sin. And one of the consequences was you and I, that humanity was disconnected from our maker, from God. 
Remember when God was looking for Adam, where are you, Adam? Oh, I'm hiding. There's something in us that we were made to be in relationship with God, but there's something in us that hides from God. Uh, We were disconnected from each other. Like, could you pass me some more leaves? Right, we wanna cover up, we wanna hide. There's There's a disconnect in our relationships as human beings. But then what I wanna focus on is we were also disconnected from our purpose as his creation. You and I, the Bible says that you and I were made in the image of God. You and I, it has always been God's intent that we would be image bearers. Like it's sort of like as I look around this room, I see a room filled with beautiful lamps that God has made. Different shapes and sizes and colors and you know just, but this is a room that God, God's intent has always been that he could you know, uh, light us up with his presence living in us and then put us on display for all the world to see, to reflect his glory and his beauty and his, you know, just all that, you know, the character of God that's always been his plan. But, but because of sin, we've been, we've been disconnected from that purpose. So is it any wonder that for many of us, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, for many of us, there, you, f- you may not see it that way, but you feel, you live in that disconnect. There's a sense of dis, you know, like, like there's so much that this world has to offer and we get all these things and promotions and stuff and there's nothing wrong with all those things. But it's, isn't it strange that there's something deep inside that just isn't satisfied? There's like this longing, this hunger, like, you know, I, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be more than just living to pay a mortgage off. There's gotta be, there's gotta be more to life than just, you know, avoiding certain things. And that, that, sort of that thing that's on our peripheral, that's our purpose, what God made us for, right? It's the thing that we've been disconnected from and, and a major part of God's rescuing work is to reconnect us. But here's the thing, to reconnect us to our purpose. But, uh, but the enemy doesn't want that to happen, right? The enemy, the devil, we call him, he's, uh, he has other names, but the enemy's goal is to keep this world a dark place, he loves the dark. And the, I mean, again, I'm looking at a room full of lamps. The last thing he wants is for all of us to clue into this and to step into this level of influence that we shine the light of Jesus. The last thing he wants is for all of us to plug in to the source and, and be lit up. So he will do whatever it takes to stop us from stepping into that place of influence. It's the light of the world. And so when God's saying, come on, come out of the darkness, that's not who I made you to be. This is what I made you for. As God's doing that, the enemy is right there whispering, no, no, not you. He's talking to someone else. Or no, not you. You're disqualified. Or you aren't qualified. Or, you know, he just, he knows how to lie. He's the best liar. And he, he wants to, you know, intimidate. He wants to do everything he can to stop us from stepping into those places of influence and greater influence to be, to be the, the light of the world. And, and we see that going on in Joshua's life. He's struggling and so God is encouraging him, be strong, be strong, be strong. And, and you know, as I look at Joshua and even this series we've been going through, uh, I, I can really relate to Joshua, this, this young leader being, or, you know, being called into a place of greater influence. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I've now transitioned into the role as senior pastor here at VCDC. And, and that doesn't mean like Moses, Danny's not going to die. 
uh, uh, he's going to, re- you know, he's retiring. But the truth is, those are big crocs to fill, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, silliness aside, that's true. And so while I am super excited, because this is an awesome church, you, you are an awesome church. So I'm super excited, but I would be lying if I didn't say, I'm also afraid. And, and there's certain things that intimidate. And the enemy is right there whispering all the reasons why I shouldn't step into this place of greater influence that God is, is inviting me into. Well, I'm not the only one who's, you know, who's in transition. You are too. Because you're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. And I know that during this series, God has been, he's been nudging you. He's been inviting you into, you know, greater levels of influence. He's been more specifically, he's been, you know, pointing out to you, I want you to go talk to that person. I want you to go next door or at work. I want you to go eat lunch with that person. I want you to go and maybe it's inviting them to church. Maybe it's just becoming a friend. Maybe it's, you know, I want you to give this away. Or, you know, just, there's just so many things that God could be doing as, you know, to use us and to shine through us in this world. But for many of us, we struggle with that transition. We struggle with God trying to take us from this place into the place he's always planned for us to be. And here's something that, you know, a truth that has been so encouraging to me, a truth that really replaces my fear with strength and courage. And, 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 this is, and, and it's this, it's that it's knowing that uh, this transition, you know, the things that God is wanting to move us all into, that it's not my plan, it's not my idea. It's not, you know, some really smart person's idea. What gives me great encouragement is to know that this is God's plan. That the one who, you know, who spoke the world into being, the one who, it says by his word, he holds it together, that today he's speaking his plans to us and he's saying, you, 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 you are the light of the world. Is that, does that make sense? It's comforting for me to know, even though it scares me, even though, you know, it, it, it overwhelms to know that God, who knows everything, saying, my plan is for you to be the light of the world, for you to step into these places of influence. I'm so glad that God doesn't say, uh, I've invited you in and now you need to come up with a five-year plan on how you're gonna do this. Because I don't know about you, but that, I would, uh, I'm out, I'm sorry. You know, that's not what he needs, that's not what he requires. All he needs is our yes, our fearful, maybe somewhat weak, okay, I'll do it. I'll go talk to them. Okay, I'll, you know, I'll step into that place of influence. And as we move on, Here's what, we're, here's what we're going to see as we say yes to God's plan. Number two, number two in your notes is this. People of influence are strong and create, courageous, number two, because they see God's faithfulness to his plan. And real simply, uh, we could skip this point, I'll sum it up like this. Basically, it encourages us, it grows our faith, and it strengthens us when we, as we step out and we see, hey, the plan really works. It really works. God was faithful. I stepped into it and he, you know, I did my part and boom, he did his part. And, and what we see in the life of Joshua is that, you know, God makes this incredible promise to Joshua. Like, you're gonna lead these people in, into the promised land. And, and, you know, a promise is just potential. 
right? Like, like a promise is something that needs to be possessed and the way you fully experience a promise is you need to act on it, right? There needs to be a step into it. And what we see in, in Joshua is that as he, uh, as he steps, says yes to God's plan with all his fear, with all the, you know, whatever, the inner struggles, etc. as he steps into it, we, what we see in this uh, young leader's life is we see his confidence and his faith and, and really his trust that God really is faithful to his plan, that he really does back it up, if you will. And, you know, it jumped out to me as, uh, as, as I was just reading through the book of Joshua and, and we don't have slides for these, a couple of these stories, but, but it's interesting that the first battle that Joshua has, it's in chapter six, and it's the battle of Jericho, and that's, you know, a really well-known battle, but it's interesting that God, you know, uh, inviting this young leader, it's his, and, and he's, as he gives him the plan for the battle, he gives him like just a long list of instructions. Okay, you know, uh, uh, Joshua, and I won't go through them, but you're gonna, you know, you, I want you to march around the city and everyone is quiet on the, you know, in all these days, you just, and then on the last day you march around seven times and everyone shouts and, and what they see as they step into God's plan as they, as they obey his plan, what do they see? They see the faithfulness of God. That God was faithful to his plan. They, you know, they shout and these, these walls of the city come crashing down. And, and then the next battle, which is in chapter eight, is the battle of uh, up against the city of Ai. And, and it's just, it just stood out to me that this time, when God's inviting him into the plan, that the instruction God gives are just like short. All he says is, hey, set an ambush behind the city. And again, they, they say yes, they step into the plan, they obey, and again, they see God's faithfulness to the plan, and they, they take the city. And then uh, in chapter 10, they're facing another battle, and, and I think it's in verse eight, where basically God just says, and I'm, I'm totally condensing it, but basically God just says to Joshua, just go get him. And why, why those jumped out at me is because what I see in Joshua is I just see a guy from, you know, from fearful and me, you've called me. And as he sees, as he steps into God's plan and obeys, uh, and as he sees the faithfulness of God to, to respond to that obedience and, you know, the faithfulness to the plan, his confidence just grows to where it gets to, it gets to when God says, come on, Joshua, let's go to battle. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have to say anything. He just sort of nudges him and Joshua's like, yep, let's go do it. Does that make sense? Right, his confidence has grown, and, and, and it's interesting to me that, you know, it seems there's this, there's this principle in the Bible that God just, he loves to see faith. He loves when people will just step out with faith. And what I mean is there's a story in, in, uh, in Luke 7 where uh, this Roman centurion uh, sends some people to Jesus uh, he's got a servant that's sick and dying, and he sends these people to Jesus, and, and uh, uh, they go to Jesus and say, hey, would you come to his house and, and heal his servant? And Jesus says, okay, uh, for a tax-deductible gift. No, he didn't say that, but I uh, just want to make sure you're listening. But he, but he says, okay, and, and as he's going, he's getting closer to the house, and the, the centurion sends a servant uh, before Jesus gets to the house, and the servant goes to Jesus and says, basically says, my master says, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But he's a centurion. And he goes, I, I, but my master understands authority. And he just said, he knows that all you need to do is, is, is say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus goes, what? Look at that faith. 
And he, he really makes this statement. He goes, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. And the story continues. And really at that moment, the, the servant was healed. It's like God loves to see people who step out in faith. It's like he seems to respond just by pouring out, you know, signs and wonders. It's like he loves to respond to us when uh, uh, his faithfulness to the plan when we step out. And so when we look in Joshua 10, just real quick points, you know, they've said yes, they're going into this battle. And in verse 10, it says this, Joshua 10, 10, it says, as they go into this battle, that the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. Right, they've said yes to the plan, they're running into battle and God goes, here, let me, I love you guys, I love your obedience, and he just sort of reaches down and he, he confuses the enemy and breaks their ranks, or, you know, I, I don't know what it looked like, but, but he was helping them. And then in, in verse uh, 11, this would have been awesome to see if you were on the Israelite side, it says that God, or the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, on the enemy, that would have been pretty awesome to be going into battle and see them just getting crushed in front of you. And then, as the story continues, they're, they're just whooping on the enemy, and, and Joshua, he's a military guy, and he know, you know, he's looking at this battlefield, and he's like, boy, it's gonna get dark. It's gonna get dark before we can you know, really finish this battle off, and so he has the audacity to look at God and say, God, could you please stop the sun from going down? And God's like, man, I love this. This guy is awesome. Look at his faith. Look at his confidence in, in, in me. And, and, and the story goes, uh, in verse 13, it says, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Right? There's like an invitation in that. You know, the people obey. They say, oh, okay, here we go. And they step into it. And God shows his faithfulness. And, and you know, it doesn't directly say this in chapter 10, but, but I have a hunch that the people, I mean, Joshua's confidence, his faith is really growing, uh, but I have a hunch that the people needed some encouragement. Because, you know, the, uh, the first battle was against, you know, it was them up against one king, one city. The second battle, one king, one city. Well, this battle that I'm talking about in, in Joshua 10, it was up against five kings. And it must have been a massive army, five, and they're uh, Amorite kings. And there's a little known fact that uh, the Amorite people were just an incredibly arrogant people. If ever you had, you had an argument with one of them, they would always respond with, Amorite. Okay. <laughs> we're, just, we're going deep today. Okay, I just couldn't resist. Maybe I'm getting old. Er. But anyways, but seeing the moment, that's, that's, that's your takeaway, isn't it, for this service? But seeing the moment and this incredible victory Seeing this incredible faithfulness of God to the obedience of his people, Joshua sees a teachable moment. Joshua 10, verse 24 says this. When they had brought these kings, the five kings they've captured, to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, I mean, just imagine this picture. Just imagine, you know, they just, they just whooped on this massive enemy and, 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 and the people have seen this miracle and, and they're all gathered around. They've got these five kings and here are the, you know, these main leaders have their foot on their neck and Joshua, he's, he's like, look at this, you guys. Everyone look at this. And he says, do not be afraid. 
Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. Isn't that an awesome picture? Isn't that an awesome picture? And what stood out to me is here's Joshua who nine chapters ago was shaken in his boots when he heard God's plan. And now as he stepped out and obeyed and seen the faithfulness of God, I mean, here's this guy now turning, taking basically the same words that were similar words that were spoken to him and he, now he's turning and he's speaking those words to the people to, to encourage them. And, and, here, and, and you know, God wants to, what he's, what, he's do, what he's done in Joshua's life, God wants to do the same in our lives. God wants to, you know, uh, uh, invite us into his plan and he wants to show his faithfulness to us that he would grow our faith, he would grow our confidence in him that if God says, yeah, do this, that we wouldn't even hesitate because we know he's faithful. Because he knows if he's inviting me to go do this or go say that or whatever it is, that, that he is faithful to, 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 you know, to, to his plan, to support what he's called us into. And, and again, we're not like these guys. We're not, we're not strapping on swords and running off to war, but we are going into battles. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly realms. We have a very real enemy. Not flesh and blood. There's a demonic, uh, there's a demonic realm of, that's, that is dark and evil, and I think I said this earlier, that, that is, is intent and working hard to keep this world a dark place, to keep people you know, locked up in darkness. But God says, looking at that, knowing that God says, you are the light of the world. I wanna shine through you. And the way that God shines through us is when we step out in obedience. Influencers, when we step into those places of influencing, of, of shining his light, that's how God breaks in to that dark world. And you know, uh, a few weeks ago, I was getting my, my hair cut, and uh, 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 I, the lady I normally go to was booked for the day. And I don't know if you're like this, but when, when I want to get my hair cut, I want to get my hair cut. I don't know. It's, I, I, anyways. Uh, so I sort of you know, spun the, the barber roulette. You know, brrr, who am I going to pick? You know, take a chance. And there was one lady, and so I picked her. And, and I went in. I sat in the chair. And, you know, hello. My, you know, we sort of greeted each other. And, and really quickly, she just started sharing about her life. And I was just listening and, oh boy, you know, but she was sharing some pretty personal hard things in her life, relational struggles and uh, some really hard things, frustrations, sharing about worries and anxieties and all these things. And I'm just listening as she's, you know, cutting uh, my hair and, you know, and, and I'm sort of sitting there, you know, when you're at the barber or whatever, a hairdresser, you're sitting there and you're looking in the mirror and, you know, I'm just sort of thinking, boy, I guess I do look like, like my dad, you know, and I'm looking in the mirror and, and, uh, <laughs> and there, and all of a sudden it was like, it was like Jesus just looked back at me through the mirror and said, son, are you going to shine your light? Are you going to, are you going to, you know, you're going to tell her about me? And I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor, that's right. You know, and, uh, but I, but literally, it, it was really interesting. As soon as I sort of clued into, oh, it was like it was a nudge. 
there's my plan. There's, I, there's something going on here. As soon as I clued into it, and I'm not exaggerating, it was like all of a sudden I had this wave, not a big wave, but a little wave sort of crashed on me, and it was a wave of fear. All of a sudden, as I became aware that, some, that God's up to something, like God's inviting me into a place of influence, all of a sudden, I had this fear of rejection. I had this fear of, oh, what if I look stupid? And then following that sort of that wave, that, that fear, there was like this lazy, lethargic voice in my mind. Ah, don't bother. And I'm sitting, I mean, and again, this is go, going on in seconds, right? And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I thought, wow, I really am in a battle. The darkness, the darkness, this demonic is, is pushing back, does not want the light to shine in this lady's life. And you know, so I just started talking. And I just said, oh man, that sounds tough. And you know what I do? I said, I, I worry a lot and I get anxious. And, and what I do, you know, the Bible says, uh, God says, uh, if you're worried, give me your worries. And, and, I'll, and I'll look after you, right? Give me your worries, because I love you. And I know you can't, you're just not built to, to carry that, that weight. And I said, you know, and when I talk to God, and I, you know, I, we call that prayer, I said, uh, uh, when I give him my worries, most times, not all the time, but most times, there's really a, a, a feeling of peace, you know, replaces the worry. And you know what I noticed? The moment I opened my mouth, it was like instantly, that, the, 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 that pushback of the enemy just disappeared. The moment I stepped into that place of influence and, and you know, let the light shine, I guess. It, it, uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the fear went away and in my mind there was just this clarity and in my heart there was this incredible boldness and as I sat in that barber chair, it, it, to be honest, I just thought, boy, I love Jesus. I, boy, I'm so glad that I, that, that, you know, that I belong to him and, and what was amazing to me was, you know, uh, it, it's like it was a, such a picture to me of God showed the plan, I stepped into the plan, and I saw his faithfulness. And as I did that, she stopped cutting and she sort of came around the corner and, and you know, stood in front of me and we had this conversation and she shared about how, you know, she hadn't been in church to a long, for a long time and, and I just said, well, let me encourage you to get, get back, get reconnected. And wouldn't you agree that we don't see much like the activity of God and like that's a story like that, that we don't see much because we just don't step out much, right? I mean, I, I, you know, there's, we want to see more of God. We want to see more of his, his activity and, you know, uh, uh, in, in our lives and through our lives. But what we, t- what we tend to do is when, when that hunger gets stirred up, we, we run to conferences. I'm going to go to a conference to learn how to pray for people. I'm gonna take a course on how to really hear God's voice, or I'm gonna read a book on how to share my faith, which is really good. But what most of us need is not more input. What most of us need is more output. And here's the thing that I guarantee is that, and I say this with great confidence, uh, or because God says my plan is to shine through us, we are the light of the world. Because that's his plan, here's what I know. It's not a question of, well, I don't know if God is nudging me. The truth is, of course he's nudging you. Of course as you go about your lives and the people that you know, of course he's nudging you 
and saying, this one, talk to this one. Hey, why don't you, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Of, of course he is, because it's his plan. So I assume that. And, you know, so the guarantee would be that as you start step, stepping out, I promise you will see more of God's activity in your life and, and through your life. I mean, just, just close your eyes right now and, and picture Picture all the people that are sort of in your sphere. And what I mean is, think you, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, student, you know, fellow students, whatever, people you like, people you don't like, just see yourself standing in the midst of those people. And then see Jesus coming up, putting his arm around your shoulder and, and sort of pointing at all these people and saying, you're the light of the world to these people. You are the lamp that I wanna light up and shine to all these people. You, you're the one that I wanna you know, lift up in the midst of these people for, to shine light into all the dark places. It's you. You, you can open your eyes now, because I don't wanna lose you. But let me end off with this. Uh, number three is this. People of influence are strong and courageous, number three, because they know the next Joshua's are watching. They know the next Joshua's are watching. Joshua, you know, he's coming near the end of his life. This is in chapter 23, and he says this. In verse two, he says, I am now a very old man. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered as well as the land of those who have, uh, we have already conquered, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. This land will be yours, for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. You will take possession of their land just as the Lord your God promised you. And don't you love, and I, you know, as I look at Joshua coming to the end of his life, I love that he's not, you know, He's an old man now. I'm lo- I love that he's not kicking back in an Adirondack chair with a, you know, an iced tea going, whew, I'm done. It's time for some me time, <laughs> right? I mean, here's this incredible influencer. You know, he, he has led the people of Israel, this massive you know, of the nation. He's led them into the promised land. I, I love the fact that he, this great influencer, continues to influence in fact, I would say that his level of influence is, is at an all-time high now as an old man. And, and again, remember influence. We influence more by what we do than by what we say. Remember that? And, and when you look at Joshua, the reason I say his influence is at an, like an all-time high level is because you know, all these young Joshuas, you know, all these you know, are gathered around Joshua, and they're looking at a guy who has incredible, influ- incredible influence because he's lived it. Because it's not just theory for him, he's actually walked that road. They're looking at a guy who has been through incredible battles, ups and downs, can, you know, all, and all arounds. They're looking at a guy who has walked through his fear and stepped into God's plans over and over and over. They're looking at a guy with such incredible confidence because he has seen the faithfulness of God over and over and over. And, that's, and, 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 he, and that influence, that is such an, that's such a gift to all these Joshuas 
gathered around him. Because basically what he says in this is he says, hey, you guys, they're all listening to him. Hey, you guys, never forget that all that we have is because God, right? God has given this to us. Never forget that, you know, that, that, that this, is, this has been God's plan and, and that he's been faithful to this plan and look around you, don't ever forget that. But then he, then he sort of, you know, tag your it now. This older Joshua says to all these young Joshuas around him, hey, but there's lots of land yet to conquer. And now it's your turn. Just like has been done to us. Think of the people that have gone ahead of us. Think of you know, church history and think of the disciples. I mean, just think of the, the lineage. Think of the shoulders that we stand on. Right, and really what I'm saying in this third point is, and hey, also remember that someone is standing on your shoulders. And Joshua, you know, says to them, so you guys, it's, you know, it's your turn now. You need to get out there. You need to now learn how to say yes and step into the plan, step through your fears. And then I love that he, you know, at, at the end of the text that we read that he says, and, and he says with incredible confidence because he's lived it and he's seen it. And he looks them all, you know, he looks around again and he just says, and, and, and don't forget, you will. You will, you know, you are gonna get this land. He speaks that, you know, that the incredible truth and the faithfulness of God that you will take possession of their land. And he says it with confidence because he's seen it. He's lived it. You know, when I look at our world right now, I think people are crying out for someone, for light, for hope, right? They're crying out for someone who says, you know, there, there is a way to go. There is, a, like, as I was praying about this week, I had this picture in my mind. It's kind of a funny picture, but I think it's a powerful picture. I saw all these people, you know, in our lives, I saw them like little birds in a nest with their mouths wide open. And they were saying, who will feed me? Who will feed me hope? There's, 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 a, there's so much fear. And, and, I, and, and for such a time as this, we are here. You know, God has called us you know, to be the light of the world and to really, and for many of us, you know, what the, the, the place of greater influence that God is inviting us into, it's, it's an awareness, that's right, people are watching me. It's an awareness that the younger generations and the, you know, the, 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 the next Joshua's are looking at me. I just spoke with a couple after the first service and they, um, they've been living together for 12 years and they said, we want to get married. And I said, I, I always like asking this question. I'm like, well, 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 why? Why do you want to get married? And they said, well, we want to make things right. And she was holding uh, her youngest grandson and she said, and she said that she said, because the, because he's watching. And I just thought, man, you, you just summed up our series. It's someone recognizing I'm a person of influence. And there are many of us, you know, and, and, it's, and it's not just an age thing, but God, the God wants to really wake us up to this fact that we are being watched and that we have an incredible opportunity to not get everything right. We're not gonna get everything right. But it's like, I think of that old song we used to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Just to, just to live a life that says that. I have lots of questions. I still struggle here, I struggle there. I don't get God here, I don't get God there. But I know there's no other way. And that in itself is a gift. Because don't you find there's some people that, that 
doesn't mean, again, their lives haven't been perfect, but they've lived a life, of just, a life of just constantly trying to say yes to Jesus. And there's something about people like that that is so attractive. You know, I have different people coming to my mind right now who they don't have to say any words. You just look at the way they live their life. There's a fragrance around them of such incredible hope and such incredible trust in God. And, and you know, people more than ever, what they, what they need to hear is, uh, I'll end with this, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. What people need to hear is, is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. There's all these birds, if you will, who will feed me? Some people are feeding us, but what they're feeding us isn't helping. And we are the ones that get to, as influence, we get to feed that truth. As the light of the world, God gets to lift you and I up in, in, you know, in the midst of all the people we know and just shine that hope through our lives. Why don't we, why don't we stand up? So we always save time at the end to pray for people. What, you know, as I was starting the talk, one of the things I prayed is, God, way beyond my words, I pray that you would come close. And I am really confident that as I have been talking, God has been personal with you and just nudging and speaking and encouraging and just all the things that he does. And so we, we take time at the end of the service just to really bless that. We, pr- you know, we, we pray for each other to bless what God's been doing. And, and so uh, and we, 